It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The new X series of scratch-offs in the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. And, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants podcast network, which you can find at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. And our podcast network is presented by by our good friends over at Investors Bank. Mr. Jeffrey Fiegels, good mm. morning, sir. How are Hello, you? Hello, Mr. John Schmelk. I'm doing well. Doing well. Good. Good. Got a little white snow on the ground. Sunny out today. Nice and cold. But lots to talk about. Yes, doing well. a lot to talk about. So we've had two days of practice at the Senior Bowl. Paul and I gave a lot of our takes yesterday, so I don't good. think fans want to hear me repeat a, a ton of my stuff. So I, I guess I'll just start with an open-ended question to you. Your impressions of uh, days one and two at the Senior Bowl and sure. what you're taking out of it. Well, I think that, you know, going into it, I think that in the last couple of years, I've gotten more into this game um, and practices uh, just because of our coverage here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Um, but what, I, what I've taken out of this recently is that I, I, I don't know, but I can – I can tell a little bit about some of the guys that you obviously know are not going to be in the first, second, or third rounds. Um, and really, the whole gist of what I'm saying, it's speed, John. It's speed. <laughs> I mean, you're right. so, some of these guys, you could just tell uh, when you're watching the one-on-one drills, whether it's the D-line against the offensive line, whether it's defensive backs against the receivers, running backs against linebackers. Speed always wins. I don't care who you are, but when you look at these, the guys that have that burst and the speed, you can tell that those are the guys that are special. Now, Yeah, and Jeff, by the way, I, I think this is important, too, because I think speed and burst are a little bit different, right? Burst is well, kind of that stop-start change of direction. Speed is correct. long speed. So I agree. I think both those in different ways are very important. And, and you can tell the difference. You sure really you can. can. You can tell the difference. Now, one thing that I love about this game and for the callers and, and for the listeners that don't know, and maybe you guys had mentioned this yesterday, that these are true seniors. You know, there's no underclassmen at these. And I didn't know that until last year when you told me that, John. Well, there are technically some juniors that there graduated are. in three years, but you have, to, you have to have your degree. There was one running back, for okay. example, uh, Chuba but, Hubbard from Oklahoma, I think, who was one credit away from graduating, and they wouldn't let him go because he hadn't graduated. So Okay. Mm-hmm. But the, but. Bottom line is if they, if they were if they are senior or they have graduated, then they're they're there. Correct. Um, but nobody that's coming out as a junior that hasn't graduated is not there. So there's a lot of players that aren't at this at this uh, senior bowl. But my point is is that the guys that are there, um, the guys like Mac Jones, who really is the number one quarterback that's there, this is his time to shine. And I and I've seen him. He had a great day yesterday throwing the football, and you can see how how really accurate this guy is. Um, and so, you know, for some of these guys that come from these Division Two and Division Three schools, it's a great chance for them to compete against guys they haven't been able to do before. Um, and with the limited, um, as far as the combine and the workouts this offseason, this is a great opportunity for some of these guys. And they're out there showing it. And I, I enjoyed watching. I watched about an hour of it yesterday after you texted me, letting me know that it was on ESPNU. So that was a good plug for me. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, so my take on it is this is it's giving these guys a chance to, to really 
prove themselves and the guys that are there that maybe there's a lot of guys, you know, sometimes they don't do as good as you think they're going to do. So yeah. it's a big deal. No, absolutely, Jeff. And I think this year it's an even bigger deal. You know, that's why yeah. you have guys like Trey Sermon, who's not playing. He's hurt, uh, but he's there. Devontae Smith, he's not playing, but he's there. Landon Dickerson, uh, a Alabama offensive lineman who's an interior guy. He has a torn ACL. He's not playing, but he's there. Because with the combine not going on, Jeff, this might be the first, the only time, not first, the only yeah. time this year these guys can actually get in front of NFL decision makers and try to make a good impression. Yeah. And the other guys that are there, too, are the opt-outs of the, of the 2020 season. No, a lot of them play. are. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, that's important for them for, for many reasons. Number one, obviously, they didn't play. But number two is the reason that you just said. So, you know, uh, the pro days are going to be the big thing. Um, and, you know, that's going to be where these guys are going to get their measurables and things like that. And then, um, I don't know, what's the deal with the combine, John? Is it, is it going to be regional? Is it going to what, What's the deal with that now? It's basically going to be done, I think medicals will be done on a regional basis. Yeah. So they'll have yeah. hospitals in individual cities where these guys mm -hmm. go to get their medicals done. But in terms of testing and such, I think the NFL is trying to figure out a way. My guess it'll be through like Blesto or something like that, right? One of those scouting services sure. where they set it up so you have some uniformity from school to school to get accurate testing. Now, it's still going to be different because, you know, Jeff, based on surface and things like that, yeah. things can yeah. change. But by trying to include you know, a scouting service or the NFL, you avoid having guys run 39-yard dashes instead of 40-yard dashes, which, uh, by the way, is kind of what happens at these pro days sometimes to speed up <laughs> guys' times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. you'll try to avoid that. But these times, man, I mean, you know, I like using the times as a baseline, and I think, you know, if you meet certain thresholds, I'm good. You know, if you're a corner, you run a 4-4-1 versus a 4-4-5. That's, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. You're, you're in that zone where I'm fine with you. But if you're out there and you run like a 4-5-8, then you're like, oh, boy, that's, that's a problem, right? So, yeah, I mean, the senior bowl is just, you know, that much more important because of all that. Yeah, I, I, and it's, it's, it's really good. You know, these guys um, – I think the big thing when you hit the nail on the head is this is the personalities. And, you know, if you read into a lot of the articles and what Matt rule has been saying that, you know, last year there was an article in that I read about him where he had, he had run up against a player inside the elevator. Yep. And, you know, between whatever floor he was on and whatever floor he was getting off, he realized that that's not the kind of guy that he wanted to fit into his system. And so, you know, even though – and he didn't mention the name, and I have no idea who it was, but the fact is is that, you know, that goes a long ways. And, and even just a, a quick minute and a half in an elevator can sometimes, you know, push a guy down the road. Um, so I think it's important that these guys uh, – they are who they are. They are able to be able to – you know, show who they are at these at this senior bowl. And that's a great opportunity for these people. But, you know, the other thing, too, with with these workouts is that, you know, there's a lot of guys that train for these. And so now that the the combine is not there, you know how much training goes into that combine, John? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's a it's actually these guys are professionally trained for these. No, no it, it, it is literally an industry like the whole, whole industry 100%. has developed to train. <laughs> and the funny thing, then when the combine's over, you're like, all right, well, now we stop training for the combine. Now we have to actually get you ready to play football, which <laughs> yeah. is why you get so many injuries sometimes when guys show up to camp. Yeah. And I, and I think it's it's interesting that, you know, one thing that, you have the you have the test the the IQ test it's the one was it the wonderlick test yeah the wonderlick yeah you know mm -hmm. so that that one is a little bit of you know it's more 
Um, it's I don't even, I didn't I don't even remember I don't think I took it when I was in college believe it or not but shockingly you don't remember if you did something or not it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe it but I think that more importantly <laughs> you know with these guys getting in there they're running plays you know it's not a system but they got a you know they got a block of plays and for a coaching staff to be able to evaluate how quickly these guys pick up stuff too is a huge thing. You know, like Mac Jones is a guy that supposedly is just off the charts with his football acumen. I mean, the guy's like he's like has photographic memory. But, you know, some of these guys that sometimes can go a long ways and sometimes it cannot go a long ways. You know, if you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, that could drop you a couple picks. You never know. All right, I want to ask you about some of the players here. And you mentioned Mac Jones, so I think that's a good place to start, Jeff. Your thoughts generally about Jones in this way? Because I agree. I think he's been accurate. You've heard nothing but superlatives about his approach, his intelligence, you know, the way he goes about his business, things of that nature. That's all great. But if you simply look at his tool set, right? Remember when we talked about Josh Allen three years ago? We worried, we worried about things like accuracy and, mm-hmm. you know, the skill in playing the position. But when you talked about his tools, mobility, arm strength, Ability to make crazy plays. Like, his talent set was off the charts, but he had to work on his quarterback skills mm-hmm. to separate those two. Like, Mac Jones, you look at him like, wow, he's got a lot of quarterback skill. Reading defenses, quick decisions, accuracy. His skill level is great, but his physical tool, raw talent level, you know, he doesn't have the big arm, biggest arm, and he's just not mobile at all. Like, mm-hmm. he's just not. So... How do you think teams will view that where you look at him, you think, I think this guy can really play the position. You put the right guys around him. He can manage a game. He can, you know, play the part of an NFL quarterback. But I'm not sure if he's got that high-end play in him. Or do you think that's a false description of of what you see with him? I think it's a great question. And I think the only one of the people that are going to answer it is, is, you know, is this the kind of quarterback that we want in our system? Um, you know, the way the game is today, you, you – the position needs a little bit more athleticism to it um, just because the way plays are designed and how these offenses play defenses. Yeah, not necessarily to run, Jeff, but just, but to, just, just to turn nothing into something, right? 100%. To make something like that. And I didn't mean that, you know, the athleticism, no, I know that. a guy that needs to run the RPO 10 times a game. Sure. But, but the athleticism to get away and make something happen, well, if you got cement boots on, it's going to be tough. But one thing about Mac Jones is that he can make up for a lot of that with his smarts and being able to put, put, his, uh, put the team in a position to succeed on a play that wasn't supposed to work. So that, that actually could be a, a positive for him. I think Mac Jones is a guy, John, to answer your question, is that you know he's one of those players that's going to jump up and down the board a little bit by talent evaluators, how they, how they basically see him. And then it's going to be a team that says, yay or nay, this is the kind of type of guy we want. Because I don't see him being taken in the, you know, the, the top first round. Um, but, you know, maybe he drops to that low, late, late first round. You think like 15 to 25-ish? I think lower than like that. you think like 20 to 30-ish? I think 20 to 30-ish. Okay. Yeah. And because of some of the reasons that you just said. Um, but I think some teams may take a flyer on him just to say, you know what, let's, let's, let's take a flyer. Let's see how he is. Let's develop him for a couple of years. And, um, and, you know, maybe he's our guy because, you know, he didn't get to play in a system very long. Think about it. No. Um, and a lot like many other players is that once you are able to play a lot, then you get a little bit better, but you know, he didn't play a lot at Alabama. 
He really didn't. So no. I mean, he only started the one year, right? And he yeah, came and in look for at the guys he when, sat behind. <laughs> well, yeah, and he also, by the way, apparently, and again, I don't, I don't keep track of recruiting or any of that stuff, but simply based on what was said during Senior Bowl coverage yesterday, apparently he held off some like crazy freshman five-star monster recruit that everyone thought was going to start for Alabama this year. Mac Jones said, not so fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a competitiveness you got. You see in the guy like that, which, which is good. Which I, you know, and another thing too, you know how difficult you've been around this game long enough to understand that this is a very intelligent game. It's not as easy as people think. And Mac Jones is a guy that, that will help you sleep at night because you know that he's intelligent. And so, like I said, a lot of times those things will make up for some of the things that you're lacking as far as, you know, speed or whatever it is. In that so. way, he kind of has the Daniel Jones factor, right? He has all the, the, the intangibles you want. Smart, yeah. tough, competitive, is never going to get in trouble, will represent the organization well. Now, I think Daniel Jones is more gifted physically, 100%. better arm, better athlete. Yeah. Think things of that. I think Jones maybe, maybe slightly more accurate, maybe, but I think they're right on the same plane. So yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to let to, me ask you a question. Where he goes. Sure. Do you do you see him being more of a role of like an Alex Smith? Um, yeah, no. I think Alex Smith. I mean, they kept ESPN on their coverage. I said kept mentioning Tom Brady. I'm like, you guys gotta relax. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, really, Todd McShay? You know, Tom Brady was the guy that wasn't a great athlete, but he can do this, this, and that. I'm like, guys. Don't compare the poor kid to Tom frickin' Brady, okay? It's not well, maybe fair. They're, maybe they're, you know, 20 years ago yeah. coming out of college maybe. but Yeah, I mean, yeah, still. That's a just, That's a big name to put out there for him. It's, it's, that's not fair to the kid, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when, when I look at it, you know, and just in terms of tools, I mean, I think you look at, like, an Andy Dalton-y type guy. You know, how, ooh, I got a great guy. How about Chad Pennington? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, how about Pennington? I, I, I another, think that's yeah, a pretty good comparison. Very, very cerebral player, not a great arm, um, you know, a system guy. Not uh, and, and Chad Pennington wasn't exactly making people miss in the pocket either. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good comparison too. Listen, I whoever it is that drafts him is going to get a good player. Could, I think he's a developmental guy. Could you um, see Belichick taking him? Can you imagine? I, yeah. I mean, would I, I mean, mean would that surprise you? Given I would, it would no, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I just think that they need a lot. Well, they need a quarterback. <laughs> they need so. they need a quarterback. You know. By uh, the way, did you see? And I guess this is a good way to transition to our final topic on our open here, Jeff. Yeah. So Adam Schefter the other day said he, and this is fun because it, because it plays one of the games we like to play, that he would put the over under on number of teams that have a quarterback change this off season at eighteen. I saw that. And he would take the over. Jeez. That's what he said. Now, I haven't gone down and counted myself, so I don't know if that's crazy talk or if that's accurate. And we've kind of talked about how, like, in the, for the first time in a long time, the league has an abundance of quarterbacks. So I think that plays into it. But we got another piece of news this morning. Adam Schefter reporting, and since then, Ian Rappaport and others have confirmed it, that Deshaun Watson and, you know, Houston just, you know, hired their head coach. Uh, that doesn't matter to him. <laughs> yeah, really, out of nowhere is right. And, and if you want, we could you know talk about that. And too, if you could be want. honest and tell me you knew who that guy was before, no, no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no oh idea. Oh my god! And either did, either did Sean, just Sean Watson. Either he had no idea. Well, you know, he, you know, he he could have placed a call to Lamar Jackson. They could have had a conversation about it. Oh um, by the way, it was Ravens assistant David Culley, who's 65 years old, by the way. He was, the, I think, the associate head coach and wide receivers coach in Baltimore. Does that sound right? 
Assistant mm-hmm. head coach, yeah. So now both Matthew Stafford, who I still think is very good, only 32, and now Deshaun Watson, who's a, literally, he's in that, you know, we talk about that, like, top group of quarterbacks that's, like, can win games on their own. Well, Deshaun Watson's in that group, mm-hmm. and he's no 25 freaking years old, yeah. and he just signed the contract extension. Mm-hmm. So I said it the other day, and I'll stick by it. He might be the best player that, that will ever get traded in, in, in the NFL. So now you got him and Stafford on the market. That this is going to be crazy, and you aren't going to see Jeff anything else happen now in free agency or anything else until those two boulders start rolling down the hill. Teams mm. are going to want to see what happens with those two guys before they make another move. I think we saw it a couple years ago. Um, I think everyone was 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 it Kirk Cousins? Everyone was waiting for to make that move before all the other dominoes well, that- started to fall. I don't remember, but it was somebody where you kind of wait for those first two dominoes to fall, then everything else happens. That's going to be the case this off season with but Stafford that was free and Watson. Agency, though, oh, correct. You know that's a good point. That was for agency. That wasn't a trade. You're right. Not a trade. Yeah, so, you're right. You know that. So that this might happen. I don't think it's going to happen right away. Um, but, I think it'll happen before the league year, though. Like I think if March. I could guess, I think it'll be before March. Yes, I think so. Because remember, you don't have the – remember the Combine? That's the yeah. place where, you know, maybe the two GMs have a couple of drinks at the hotel bar yeah. over, over at the JW yeah. at night, and they say, ah, what if we trade Ted Williams for Joe DiMaggio? You know, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. And, you know, the Senior Bowl, just for people, the Senior Bowl is a big, is a, is a big interview market oh, sure for coaches. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for coaching. Um, and the draft – excuse me, the Combine is usually for – Talking about players, you know, coming up, come upcoming players for free agency, things like that, um, like like you mentioned. I th- I think it'll happen. Um, you know, it's quite a big price tag. Whoever's going to want to trade for Deshaun Watson, three ones. And by the way, it's probably worth it. He's that good. You know, you look at the Jets, and we won't spend too much time on this. I, I know you don't want to, but you know, no, you look at can. the Jets. And, That's fine. But think about it: the Jets. Look what they gave. Look what they got in in return for Jamal Adams. Yeah. Um, so you know, and I guess the discussion in sports radio and around this area now is that. And by the way, know, they have four number one picks: two this year, two next year. So they have a lot of picks. So to they spare definitely here. have the capital to mm-hmm. do it. Um, and I'll tell you, if if. Uh, you know, if if the time is ever, it's now. If you're going to do it, if it's Jets, I mean, you got a new coach coming in, um, you got picks, and you know. So, what's more important? I, I believe the quarterback position is where you have to start, and so it would make sense to me to do this. It really would, um, because he's a proven commodity. I'm more of the proven guy than drafting somebody because the draft is no perfect science. We know that. It's a huge risk. Huge risk. It's a huge risk, and. You know, I just saw something uh, as I was kind of going up and doing some research on the Senior Bowl today, but I was just going through an article. They were saying how many players were drafted in front of Patrick Mahomes, and where are they now? You know, it's like yeah. – and that wasn't very many years ago, John. We're not talking 10 years ago. So these first-rounders, it's a, it's a crapshoot, especially at the quarterback position. So I'd rather take somebody like Watson that, that is proven and you know that – and like you said, he can win a game for you. That guy can go out there and win a game if you needed him to. All right, I'm going to throw out an off-the-table option for you. I was talking to a couple people today. Who am I? That am are intimately I like involved in this. Okay. I'm going to see what what you think of this potential match. 
Okay, and we've heard all the the rumors for Stafford, and now I'm sure the same teams will be in in the mix for Watson, the Jets, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Colts, Panthers. the Panthers. You know, people even mentioned the Steelers if if Ben Roethlisberger oh, yeah. retires. You know, maybe the Saints if Drew Brees retires. There's a bunch of different ways this can go, right? So those are the those are the teams we've been hearing about. Here's one for you, Jeff. The Dallas Cowboys have had trouble coming to a contract extension with Dak Prescott. What if they decide we're tired of dealing with Dak Prescott's agent? Houston and Dak Prescott get together. They can agree to a contract extension. What if they swap Prescott and they throw like a number three or third round pick with Prescott to the Texans for Deshaun Watson? So the Texans get a franchise quarterback back. They sign him to a long-term deal so they have him on the contract. And the Cowboys get a franchise quarterback for Dak Prescott. Your thoughts? Mm. Well, I think, first of all, I like Deshaun Watson better than Dak Prescott. Well, and that's um, why I'm giving you draft capital so in addition to Prescott. I would do it. I would do it. And then I would let somebody else deal with Dak Prescott and his $40 million a year that he, want, that he wants. Well, 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 well if, so if you're Dallas, you would do it, right? Mm-hmm. What if you're Houston? Um, if I'm Houston, I've got I've to re- replace the quarterback that we just sh- let, let go, you know, shipped well, off. Exactly. So that's my question. Would you rather get the multiple firsts or would you rather get the franchise quarterback? That's the question that they're going to have. And again, I have no idea if this is even possible. It's probably not. It's just something that I kind of – and apparently they're taking phone calls down in Dallas about this on their talk radio stations like the last oh, really? two days. Yes. Yeah. So it, I, I would take it's the a thing multiple down there. first. I would take the multiple first. In that situation, over the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, well, for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the cap number from Watson leave me. Okay, so I, that's off my books. And now I'm gonna get some first rounders to be able to draft. And maybe I go and draft one of these younger quarterbacks. And a by Zach the way, Wilson or a Justin Fields. It should be like pointed that. out that Houston does not have their first round pick this year or next year. Oh, that's big. Yeah. So the, now now that even sweetens the pot a little bit more <laughs> that I could get some first-rounders back. Now, the other guy that's looming out there is Stafford because he could be a, he could be a, a, a player in this mix too, John. I mean, could you see, could you see Matt Stafford coming back to or going to uh, the Cowboys maybe? Uh, I think they would prefer Prescott to Stafford. He's younger. Yeah. And I think, frankly, I think Prescott might be better. So I I don't think well, he's got they would up, go more that up, route. Of an upside, down, you know, career wise, thirty two, and what's Prescott twenty eight, right? Twenty nine, yeah. So so I, I don't I don't see that as quite of uh, as good of a fit, and I don't think the Lions and and Texans making a trade really makes a a ton of sense generally either, but you know, to me, Jeff, I mean, that makes I think a certain amount of sense. And by the way, the the Texans do not have their first or second round picks this year, but they do have their first round pick next year. I apologize for that. They traded last year's one and this year's one for what Tunsil. Did they get, what did they get for DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, not a one. Wow. Nah, well, yeah. There was a reason people were not happy with that trade. <laughs> <laughs> not a one or a two. If they don't have a number two, they didn't get a two either. I knew they did not. <laughs> but they got David Johnson in like a four. No, well, that doesn't wow. do it for you. I could tell you who got the better end of that deal. Yeah, well, it doesn't take Jeez. a genius to figure that one out, Jeff. My goodness. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Big Blue Kickoff Live. 
um, is presented by the New York Lottery. Folks, the new X-Series of Scratch-Offs in the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. And Giant fans, limited season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, Jeff, let's go to the phones at 973-667-1960. Open floor, draft, senior bowl, Giants, you trades, name it. We quarterbacks, got it. anyone but Charlie. What do you want to talk about? Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? What's your name? You know he'll squeeze through a line somehow. He's probably on the phone right now. What's up? This is Charlie. Ah, ah, You've got to be kidding me. I told you he could squeeze through that phone line somehow. (laughs) What's up, Charlie? Perfect. Hi, guys. Hey, how about this? That's one word for it. (laughs) Go ahead. How about this? Yeah. (laughs) How about Daniel Jones and Ingram and a Uh, first-round pick for what? Oh, please. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, they would do that in a second. The Texans aren't doing it. Would you guys do it? Charlie, I'm not trying to trade the Giants quarterback. Stop, please. Stop. Well, I would take Watson in a heartbeat. Sean Watson's an excellent player, but I'm not going to sit here and try to trade away Daniel Jones. Sorry, I'm just not going to do it. Now, all right. If 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 if, if they if they make a trade like that, we'll talk about the merits of it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying there's no situation where you do not trade him. Obviously, you you take phone calls, but Jeff and I aren't going to sit here and and try to value him on the on the open market here. All right, okay. Speculate on some other trade. I think most people would. And I think you're right about um, the Alabama guy. What's his name again? The Matt quarterback? Jones. Yeah, Jones. I think to the Patriots would be perfect. Hey, Tom Brady wasn't just moving around the pocket, but he was smart. You know, he didn't have, you know, he. I don't think he has the greatest arm either. He's got a good arm, but I think in Belichick's system, that might be a really good place for him, a really good place. But we'll see what happens with that. And... What position do you think he would go, Charlie? Do you think he's a fir- uh, like a late first? Yeah, Definitely, he could be late. He might even be a second rounder. He might drop, you know, and Belichick will get a steal. You know, he'll pick him up in round two. The Patriots, you know, I like believe, that. select fifteenth this year, if my memory yeah, serves me. Yeah, they wouldn't take him fifteenth. Right so that's 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 my point. I think that that's too high for him. Yeah, they um, pick fifteenth. So they might have yeah, to get him I, in the second round at number forty-five. Round. I or don't 50. think I don't think he's lasting that long. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Belichick moves up. You know, he he he'll move up. You know, well, he'll he, he usually moves and, back. Well, yeah, he I might know. want to move back in this situation. Yeah, yeah, he might. I, I don't know, but I just think that might be a good spot for him. I think it's and a great spot thing, for him. I think it would work yeah. really well for him. And plus, I'm sure he likes the Alabama guys too. Who doesn't? And by the way, the other thing, by the way, all like. Joe, jokes aside, in terms of these trades, like the Jets also have to weigh, all right, well, you know, do they still want to stick with Sam Darnold? And if that case, can they, like, trade down with Carolina and get, like, a million more first-round picks? And then do you trade those picks to Houston for Watson? You know what I mean? So there Mm -hmm. are a whole bunch of different ways you can do this. Which now means means this didn't happen like we talked about. (laughs) Now it's it's April. Yeah, because remember, Jeff, all first-round picks aren't created equal now. So, you know, Houston can say we want three first-round picks. Well, the second overall pick from the Jets is much more valuable than the ninth overall pick from the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So that's something you got to take in consideration, too. 
Yep. Hey, I, I think the Jets are in a great place to get Watson. If they if they want to do it and they want to get a quarterback since Joe Namath, maybe uh, this might be the time for them to do it. Um, you know, because hey, by the way, you know, Troy, not for nothing. I I, I just kind of thought about this, so I, yeah. I want to kind of dig on it a little bit here, and sure. you can do it with us. So right. let's say if you're the Jets and you're trading down, right, from number two overall, mm-hmm. Jeff, right, and you want to trade your second overall pick, and let's say you mentioned the Panthers. The Panthers want to move up from eight to get the quarterback of their choice, right? So you figure minimum for the Panthers to go from eight to two, you're going to get the eighth overall pick this year, and you're probably getting their first round pick next year, right? And then mm-hmm. something else on top of that. Mm-hmm. So then why would the Jets have to give up three first-round picks for Watson if their second overall pick is worth two? Well, their second it's not worth two, is it? No, sure. It, I mean, it, it, if you can trade the second overall pick to the Panthers for the eighth overall pick this year and the Panthers' first-round pick next year, isn't it worth two first-round picks then? Yeah, it is. So then why would the Jets have to trade three ones if their second overall pick is, in theory— Worth two first standing on its own. Because that's what they want. Three, They want three ones. Well, Forget so then maybe the Jets turn that second overall pick into two ones. Then they go trade those because they're worth less More, to, right. to Watson. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a lot of interesting ways you can go here. Of course. Yeah. But Texans, Texans are going to get a boatload, whatever it is. And they should. They're going to get three ones. They'll get two ones, but they're not going to get three. They'll you know, but Charlie, I think it depends what the think, ones I think are. I think they're going to get three. You know, for example, really? Charlie, like let's say they decide to trade into a, a a better team, like the Bears, for example. Let's say the Bears decide we're tired of having bad quarterbacks. Okay, we need a franchise quarterback, or the Colts at twenty-one. Let's say they decide we we want all in on Watson. Uh, you know, putting aside, they probably wouldn't trade him in the division. But just to use those teams as an example, like the Bears. The 20th overall pick, the Colts, the 21st overall pick. And once you get to Sean Watson, you're going to be good next year. So you're probably picking in the 20s again, right? Mm-hmm. So what, am I taking two picks that are in the 20s in the first round for Deshaun Watson? Hell no. no. I want more than no. that. Yeah, well, the thing is, they're going to go with the higher draft picks. They're going to go with somebody like the Jets. Well, they should. That's where they're yeah. going to look. That, that's where they're going to look, and that's what they're going to The thing is, they could get two first-round picks and Donald, you know, for Watson. That's what I'd do. Get rid of him. They got the quarterback of the future, possibly, and you got two first-round draft picks. I mean, they can't stick with Donald. They can't keep him, too. I mean, it would be ridiculous. So that's that's what I see. Yeah. That's why I say I two first-round picks. In the quarterback, I would say but, uh, I would say if you, if the second overall pick is involved, and you trade like that pick, one of the late first you acquired in the trade for Jamal Adams, Darnold, and like say your high second round pick, that might get it done. What about your one next year? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you trade one of the ones you got in the in the Seattle trade, whether it's this year or next year. I think that's the pick yeah. you send. Mm-hmm. Because you figure Seattle's going to be pretty good, right? Because they have Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hey, it really is. Yeah, and it's going to it's going to change the dynamics of New York. If Watson's in New York now, now Jones has to compete with this guy for the headlines. <laughs> one has be pretty. One has nothing to do with the other, Charlie. Don't look at it that way. <laughs> yes, it does. I look at it that way. Maybe that maybe hey maybe that's a bet. Maybe that's a good thing. You know that now they yeah, take a little pressure. Please. Off of Daniel yeah. Jones being the guy in New York, and so let let Deshaun Watson be the guy in New York, and then he could just go win Super Bowls because they have. Okay, done for, for our number eleven, it's got to be Pitts. 
you know, the Pitts crew. And just to, you know, give Lance, I'll do apostrophe S. So I'll make it better Pitts for crew, Lance okay. to accept that. And well, Joe, how about this? What if, what if you have the choice between Pitts, and I think this will be interesting, because I think it's a possibility. Yeah. If both yeah. Jalen Waddle and Kyle Pitts are sitting there at 11, which one would you rather have? Do you want a wide receiver named Waddle? Think about it. <laughs> hey, Tommy Waddle was a pretty it. good wide Damn receiver. Damn right he was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. See, if I was if I was an agent for a player, I'd get them an extra $2 million just by changing their oh name, just like Hollywood did. Kerry Grant was, uh, uh. you know, his name was ridiculous, and they changed it. I would change this guy's name to Lance Lightning. Yeah, but I'd everyone get him $2 million more. I give two million dollars more. Lance Lightning. We have officially jumped the shark here, uh, Charlie. Thank you I for the mean, call. Do you, really you, you really want a wide receiver named Waddle? Uh, thank you, Charlie. Well, I, you okay, just go for the same thing as Pitts. Oh, I mean, he's the Pitts. Yeah, the guys. Just, I mean, they're both just like. Uh, this is a good question, by the way. Um, and, so, Jeff, I'm not going to make it easy. I'm taking Smith and I'm taking Chase off the board for you. Okay. But if you're looking there and you're looking at Waddle and you're looking at Pitts, and again, I, haven't, I don't have an opinion yet because I haven't studied both guys, but what's your initial impression in terms of where you would want to go with that? What about Kadarius Toney? I mean, maybe I like him better than Waddle. You could pick him there if you want. Sure. I mean, I, here's the thing, and I went back and looked, and it's, I'm glad you segued into this wide receiver thing because the point I want to make is, and I think you're going to agree with me, is that when I went back and looked at the 2020 wide receivers and where they were taken from pick number 12 all the way to 57. There are some really good players smack dab in the middle of those numbers. Oh, 20, yeah. Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk were 22 and 25. Mm -hmm. Okay. Michael Pittman, which we didn't hear a lot about him, but we liked him. If well, you remember, well, and he was, you remember he missed like six games with the exactly. foot or he, knee injury. He was like 34. That. And by the way, Chase Claypool was yeah. number 49. Yeah. So, to my to to the question, now am I going to take Jalen Waddle? Um, you know, with that eleventh pick, he's he may be there, and no, and so would I take him? <sighs> Gosh, it's like, and I, I tell you what, yes, I will. I'm going to take him because of this, because of the edge rushers not being as good as I wanted them this year. I would want to take. A edge rusher, a guy that could be really, really, really good, like a Chase Young, <laughs> um, over a wide receiver. But I just don't see him there. So I will take the wide receiver. Yeah. I think I would take – again, I have not studied the guys enough, but just talking from a more theoretical, taking the player names out of it and just talking about value, I might take the tight end there at 11 and mm -hmm. then try to get that wide receiver to your point in the second round, mm -hmm. simply because so many guys, and that's just last year, by the way, the last two years, you've had some really good players and wide receiver hit in the second round. So, mm -hmm. well, I tell you what, you know, Pitts, he can play a little bit of wide receiver too. Um, you know, he's not that big of a guy, so he could, he could do a little bit of, of Evan Ingram act for you. Oh, absolutely. Well, look, he's, he's, he's a receiver that plays tight end. That's what yeah. he is, right? There you go. Yeah. Not the other way around. Correct. And so I'm not upset with you either way. Um, I could go with both of those picks. Again, it's just a matter of how these teams evaluate and what the grade is that they put on each one of these because we know that the Giants are the type of organization that grades the players and they rank them, and when they come available at their pick, whatever their highest guy is, that's who they're going for. So that's, that's how this is going to work. And you would, at this time, 
lean towards that over picking a, and again this could all change based on what the Giants do in free agency I know that sure but from where we stand now you would lean that way over selecting a cornerback because there might be one of the top two corners there whether it's Patrick Sertain what is the second the third whatever it I is I think he'll be gone or Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech those would be the two corners that you could think about I think Sertain will be gone um, I'm not sure he's getting by Dallas I think Farley I think, will probably be Maybe be there. To me, Dallas has taken either Sertain or they're going to take. Gonna be gone too. <clears throat> or they could take that Rashawn Slater. Well, it depends. What if there's four quarterbacks in the top ten, in the top nine? Then who knows what's going to happen? That's How about possible. this? Patrick Sertain the second and Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, I know. How <laughs> how old does that make you feel? Because you know why? You are old. You are old when like when, Asante Samuel got drafted. I know. So imagine right? how old you are now. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. So, I, and I, it's a another really good question, but I feel like I feel like I've got to get some help. Okay, um, that's fair. on that offensive side for Daniel Jones. I, I just I need somebody that can. I just need a playmaker, as Dave, Dave Gettleman said in his press conference. We got to go get a playmaker, and I think that any those two guys that you just mentioned can be that type of player for the Giants. All right. Last theoretical option for you. All right. I'm going to throw out one name, and I'm going to explain to you why I would think about it. Why I would think about it. Rashawn Slater is an offensive lineman out of Northwestern. He opted out this year. He's a top 15 player. He, I think, allowed like the fewest pressures in the entire country at left tackle in 2019, the last time he played. Most people believe he is five-position versatility. He could play tackle. He could play guard. He could play center. So for the Giants, Jeff, that have young guys on the offensive line that you want to give a chance, but odds are all of them are not going to work out, right? Like the odds that Will Hernandez, Matt Parrott, and Shane Lemieux, and Andrew Thomas all hit and are long-term starters, is it possible? Sure. Is it super likely just based on odds? Probably not. So you draft a guy like Slater, where if Matt Parrott maybe doesn't work out at right tackle, okay, he slides it at right tackle. If one of the guards don't work out, okay, you slide him into guard. And he could be that really good offensive lineman to help solidify that group and move to different spots based on your need. And he therefore wouldn't be blocking anybody because he can move to different positions based on who plays well. Would that be something that you would consider at number 11? Oh, I'm not making this easy on you, baby. You know, that. no, no, you're not at all. I got a headache just now. Um, <laughs> I, I would say no, because I, I'm, I'm, I've had enough with that. I, okay, I'm, I, I need the guys that are there now to prove me wrong. Okay, I want them, excuse me, to prove me right. I don't, I don't want to be wrong there anymore. I, I just let those guys do it. Okay, no, that's fair. And you know, because I just don't, I just don't want to draft another offensive lineman and watch him develop. I, I need, I need a playmaker on offense. Give me a playmaker on offense. Just like I wanted a center last year, give me a playmaker on offense. And I, I don't care if it's Pitts, okay, or it's Waddle or anybody. Any, just somebody that makes plays and that catches the ball. That goes like 157 consecutive catches without a drop. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, someone that has yak, okay? Please give me that guy. Nine, that, seven. that was me, by the way. That wasn't Daniel Jones talking either. 
973-667-1960. Don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. And folks, don't forget that you should get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC. Back to the phones. Now I can say, thank goodness it's not Charlie. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? <laughs> Jamal from Dallas. But I was going to say, even though we give Charlie a hard time, he was definitely taking one of my questions I had that y'all... <laughs> which I couldn't discuss about Daniel Jones and the Deshaun Watson thing. So, <laughs> and, and look, fans, like, you know, honestly, look, all jokes aside, it's just honestly not something that we're very comfortable doing here, trying to put a, right, right. a, a trade value on Daniel Jones. That's not what <laughs> – look, the Giants have committed to them him as, as their future quarterback. Does that mean that if, you know, somebody calls and says, we're going to trade you Patrick Mahomes or Daniel Jones one-on-one, are the Giants going to say no to that? No, but – but we're right. not. But we're we're just not going to sit here trying to craft trades to trade Daniel Jones off the team. No, no, I get it. Yep. I get it. In the mm-hmm. position y'all in, I definitely understand that. I definitely understand that. But going to what y'all were talking about earlier, me being in Dallas and talking about the whole Deshaun Washington Stafford thing and all that. So yeah, there's some rumblings out here with with, with that being either moved or having another quarterback in. So there's a lot of talk. So I was going to say you must be listening to the. Dallas radio station often like I do. <laughs> I have, hey, Jamal, I have some people down there. Look, honestly, all, all jokes aside, we have friends that, that work for the Cowboys that, that come on our show. So I will text back and forth about offseason stuff sometimes. So, you know, we'll have those conversations. I think the interesting part, Jamal, and you probably know this better than we do, I almost get the feeling you can use that as, as an option where if maybe Dak doesn't want to leave and he really wants to stay in Dallas, you use that as a pressure point with the agent to mm-hmm. be like, yo, dude, look, you we want to mm-hmm. give you your money and sign you to a long deal. Stop trying to you know, sign a short-term deal to maximize your money. Otherwise, he's not going to be where he wants to be. And then that maybe will get Dak to go to the agent and say, look, dude, just get this thing done and stop screwing around. Right. And it's funny y'all talk about Dak. And, and it's funny how we talk about these quarterbacks, different tiers and all that. You know, you watch the major networks and everything. They tell all these quarterbacks or whatever. But it's interesting with Dak because even out here, you know, like comparing Dak to Daniel Jones. We know Dak's been in the league a lot longer, stuff like that. Um, he has some weapons around him. But even here, it's a question mark for him. Like, everybody here is not really on in on Dak. It's either, really? You know what? Wow. We can get, we can, we can do better without him, or Oof. there's people that are all in. But to me, it kind of feels like how we are with Daniel Jones. But for us, it's more like we haven't had him enough to see what we have. Quite. Well, but Jamal, let me tell you something. Come if, on, if, you've if, seen if, enough out of him to know what. Yeah, you got. honestly, if, if Daniel Jones can can do what Dak Prescott does for Dallas, I'll take him forever. I will sign him to a long term <laughs> deal today. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Well, well, I'm with that, but a lot of our fan base are still questioning Daniel Jones. Would you Would you agree? I think a lot of our fan base is still like, well, yeah, because you know, one but, of them, like, well, yeah, but I think that's but, fair, right? Because Jamal, a- after his second, second year, year I don't even, think people were all in on Dak Prescott yet. And I think no, that no, was no. fair. So I think you've got to wait. Yeah, exactly. Even in, but even going on his fifth year, you're able to see. They're still questioning, is he the guy? Yeah, is it the agent probably holding some things up on what they're asking, possibly? But there's still like that lingering, like, is he the guy? Is, is, is he that guy? Like, even out here, they're like, 
some people will be willing to give Deshaun Jackson up for that. Easily, right? And I think most teams will probably do that. I mean, Deshaun Deshaun Watson, right. Um, Easily. But, however, moving on to Giants talk. Now, with Daniel Jones next year, hopefully getting a weapon, like you said, Spiegels, you know, getting somebody that can – that's not going to drop a ball after 163 catches or whatever you said, right? 157, be exact. 157. <laughs> you know. A lot. Whatever it was, it was a lot, okay? <laughs> I would like to know the statistics on that on a receiver for the Giants, to be honest, if, if, if that's any stats that we have in the archives or anything. Um, but, yeah, us getting that playmaker, does that transcend Daniel Jones into a better quarterback? Is yeah, probably. Sure. You, sure. Do we think so? Like, do do we yeah. think that's the the missing link for our offense? Not our defense, but for our offense or for him to get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think it has to be right. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, mean, I, I mean, would like to think that. <laughs> I mean, if you have a guy that you can trust to get open and turn an easy fifteen yard or ten yard throw into a fifty yard throw. It makes everything easier for you. So I think it absolutely turns Daniel Jones into a better quarterback. No question. Play okay. designs, too. Okay. And, I, and I think my question is now, if we get that person and we're still struggling, are we going to go talk about, well, we didn't have time to get in the groove and all that? Like, I guess my question is, if it doesn't work out, it's because, oh, it's only a year in. We got to get another year, like – when is it going to take? Like, all right, that's enough. Like, we, I, we, I know what it's serious. Listen, I, I think there's, I think there's always enough evidence, if you want to call it that. Okay, I know where you're going with this. There, there's, there's going to be a lot of people that can sit back and say, well, he didn't have enough time to gel with that guy. That there's plenty of things to look at, and from an right. evaluation per, uh, purpose, to say that he, he either digressed or he got better. And it doesn't. It's not just one player. Okay, so and I think we all can agree that if we were to look at the at the picture, the big picture of Daniel Jones over a four-year period, we're going to be able to come up with if he's good or not in four years. There definitely should. Okay. And by the way, I believe that this year coming up is a very, very big year for Daniel Jones. Sure I think it's a year where the organization and the fans alike yep. are going to say, hey, listen, you know, this is the time, and now the Giants went out and got you X, Y, and Z. The offensive line right. is gelling a little bit. You're getting Saquon Barkley back. Okay, so let's, the, the, all the tools are in the box now. Let's see what you can make. Now, obviously, right? now, that, now that formula changes if a bunch of guys get hurt, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. Things change. No, but, yes, right. as of now, I'm, I'm with Jeff 100%. Right, and that's, I think that's where a lot of us want to see. All right, we want to see that next that next lead, that next step. All right, we lost some players this past season. It was COVID, all that. All right, it is what it is. Now we adjusted to it for a year. Now we acclimated. We're trying to get you some weapons. I pray and hope that we make right decisions in the draft to get him those weapons or somewhere in free agency. <laughs> If we have enough salary cap money to do that, and we well, have the line intact, because that's going to, to me, the biggest key is not so much the weapon. If that line is not intact, I don't know what Daniel Jones can ever become. Well, like, listen to make gonna, you, to make you happy. If you go back and look at last year, what Joe Judge and and Dave Gettleman did, okay, they went out and did a pretty good job in free agency, the draft, okay, and they put a they put a better team on the field this year. So yep. I think going into this year coming up, I think you got to have a lot of confidence in those two guys and being able to apply the picks that they have and then maybe, maybe the money and how they're going to manipulate the cap to try to get some free agency. I would be excited. I would be, I okay. would, I would have, I would be excited to say that I'm looking forward to what this offseason has to, to do for the Giants because of what my they last, did last my, year. 
my last question on the defensive side now. Now, I guess the salary cap is going to be between one seventy-four to one one hundred eighty thousand or whatever. Mm-hmm. One hundred million. I'm sorry. Is that going to be something? To, is that enough for us to keep Leonard and Tomlinson, or is that not enough? That's. It depends what you do with other guys on the roster, yeah. you know. And, and, and Jamal, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. And I it's think tough. that, and that's what you know. I, I get, the, I get more tweets and questions from fans about more than anything else. Well, John, how much cap space do the Giants actually have? And my answer is that a, we don't know because we don't know where the cap's going to land. Number one, and number two, we don't know what the Giants are going to do with some of the players already on their roster, whether it's restructuring contracts, extending guys, letting guys go. So it can be in a wide range of places based on where their cap number winds up. They're going to have to do some work in order to fit both those guys under. Now, what that work is, who knows? But it's not. they're not just going to have, it doesn't look like, Jeff, like enough cap space right off the back to re-sign both those guys without making some adjustments elsewhere first. I guess there that's ha- the best way I could put it. There has to be a big adjustment somewhere. Um, you just don't, you don't keep two guys like that, which... You know, Tomlinson is a guy that's not going to – he's, you know, he's going to he's gonna be owed his money. He played and he's going to – somebody will pay him, um, hopefully the Giants. And then Leonard Williams is the guy that just proved himself to be, you know, what he wanted to be, uh, a, a, a valued pass rusher in this league. And now so both those guys – so in order to make room for both of those guys, let alone just one, you're going to have to go and, and rob Peter to pay Paul somehow. You've got to do it, especially now that the cap has dropped – you know, so less 10, 15 million, whatever it was going to be. So there's a lot of things to maneuver around. And, and, you know, Kevin Abrams and his staff and the guys that need to, to work on that, I'm sure that they're coming up with the plan. And this is when you go to players and you start saying, hey, listen, you know, we want to readjust your, uh, your contract. Guys like Zeitler, guys like Solder. These are conversations that are going to be have to had, uh, have been made before they go to free agency because there's got to be cap. There's post-June 1st cuts, John. You know how that works this year. Yeah. I don't think last year there was a it – didn't, it didn't affect it. This year I think it, the June 1st is in effect. Um, so that's another thing that you can do. Like for a guy like Nate Solder, if you were going to cut him after that, there's a savings after that June 1st. So lots to go into it. But to John's answer is, you know, there's, there's going to have to be something done because there's just not enough money everywhere. Yeah, that could be tough. And you might want to, if you do that post-June 1st and you split that cap dead money hit mm-hmm. to the next year, then the cap goes back up again. If fans are in the stands next year, that might be something people want to take a look at too. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. There's a lot of questions, and you know, and there are answers, but they, they could be expensive answers. <laughs> you know, and, and, and listen, guys, I, we've, we've, I've been on teams before um, where the player has had a great season. Okay, and I'll tell you this right now. I think I think Kevin Zeitler had a good season. Did he have an All Pro season? No. Was he the worst offensive lineman on the off the Giants this year? No. But he's one of your better players. But unfortunately, what happens in this game is that at a certain point in your career, you know, the money situation it gets too much. And it's not that you're a bad player. It's just the economics of football. Then that makes a difference. So, and by the way, when you sign contracts like this, John. You understand that when you start getting in your third and fourth year and they're backloaded, yeah. you know that the time is coming where there's going to be an adjustment. You just, under, you just know it. All right, Jeff. I, I, I'm sorry. Finish up. I'm that's okay. No. So, so, so guys like Kevin and, and guys like Nate and the guys that are making a lot of money, they understand the economics of the game. They understand. All that you ask as a player, from my perspective, is that the team is, be, is, the team is honest with me. Right? They just come to me and say, listen – 
we really think you did a good job last year, but you understand the situation. Would you want to do this or would you want to do that? You know, just don't blindside me. And that's, that's all you can ask as a player. Go ahead, John. No problem, Jeff. Uh, we got a uh, tweet in a couple days ago from a fan. I forgot to get to it on yesterday's show, but I told him I'd get to it today with you. I know we have a caller on the line call. We'll get to you before the end of the show, I promise. But I promise to get this tweet in, so I want to get it in. This from Mike at PrayZR116. I can never call in because of the work schedule, but curious of your guys' perspective on picking players in the first round who opted out. Do you think there is a chance if COVID spikes again, they could end up opting out again uh, when they get to the NFL in 2021? And, Mike, my response to that would be, well, if you opt out of college, nothing really happens to you. But if you opt out of the NFL, you don't get checks. So <laughs> you get a that, little bit. You don't get a lot. No, you do not get enough as yeah. compared to your salary. So <laughs> I would not consider that to be a risk. I think you look at, you know, how much the player has changed since you last saw them play a football game. I think that's a legitimate thing you worry about, but I wouldn't worry about the opting out part of it. The other thing you have to worry about, and, and this is the truth, is, is what are the conditions? What, what, are the, what are the dynamics of the opt-out? You know, maybe, his, maybe there is a risk. Um, maybe there is a, a health risk and something like that, so you can't do anything about that. Unfortunately, if you had to opt out because of a health risk or whatever it is, unfortunately, you do lose your money. You get, the paid, you get paid some of it. Um, and I think it's uh, years of service, rookies and things like that. But um, the other thing is, is that I, I think that if, you're, if there is no medical conditions, John, and you have a guy that's opting out, I mean, what are you doing here? <laughs> you, know, you opted out in college and now you're going to opt out again. Um, do you want to play football? What's, what's going on here? So I, I, it's, it's a tough situation. But from an evaluation process, these guys that opted out last year, you know, it's unfortunate for them because they were looking forward to this being over and having a combine and having pro days and all that kind of stuff. Well, they're kind of behind the eight ball now. A lot of these guys did have opted out, um, you know, so they're just going to have to go on the film work that they had there. What would have been their junior year, John? Right. Yeah. Or, or, or sophomore, sophomore even. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Let's go back to the phones call. You're on the line. What's your name and where are you calling from? It's Rick from sunny Tampa. Rick, what's Hi, up? Rick. What's up, guys? How Good. are you? Do you, your, uh, do, you, do you have your Super Bowl tickets ready? Getting you know crazy. what? I could go. Uh, you know what? There's first responders and stuff are going, and I'm just hoping that the crowds come down from Kansas City and stuff because I'm I'm at the International Plaza, which is next to the stadium, and we. I mean, gosh, it was like Christmas a co- years ago when Pittsburgh played Arizona here. It was so crowded and packed, and unfortunately, it won't be as crowded as packed. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would go. I mean, there's enough fans going to be exciting, but it's. Uh, it's uh, it'll be a game that hopefully will get enough of attendance in the in the area. So I'm hoping for that down here. They're but, putting uh, what about twenty five thousand in the stadium, or is yeah. it or is it like thirty they're doing? I forget. I think uh, close to thirty. A lot of first responders, and I think um, uh, I don't know who else is just buying tickets to go. But it's going to be uh, it'll be as crowded as they're going to let it. You know, we've had success with fans, and you've seen fans in the stadiums in a lot of places, and. It's going to be a good week. We'll see how they handle things with, uh, you know, the NFL experience and all that. I haven't been to a Super Bowl like that where they had those things, but we'll see what they do. Yeah, I imagine you're probably not going to have as much of that stuff. And even the teams, like I don't think the Chiefs are going down there until late in the week next week too. So I I think that whole 
week leading up to the game thing is going to be very, very different. Yeah, and other than, like, you know, usually the players, everybody would be out, you know, eating, and we'd see them all, and, uh, but that won't be the, quite the same. They're definitely going to want to be slightly quarantined. They don't want anybody getting anything before the game, obviously. And uh, other than you guys and uh, anybody covering the game, well, hopefully they'll be out and about, you know, out eating restaurants and stuff, which I think they will. So that'll help us there. But it's funny. I talked to you guys early in the season, I, and and uh, the the Tampa Rays are a bone, uh, a brain, a cramp away from taking their eighth pitcher out, where they could have won the World Series, and they'd be uh, looking for a three-peat of all the sports right now with Tampa going against Kansas City because it would have been Lightning, uh, the Rays, and here you go, the Bucks. So, and by the uh, way, but... if the Bucks win, all four major sports teams that won championships will either be from Tampa or L.A., which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> all the well, I know, right? The the, the areas that weren't uh, that are probably the most uh, challenged with affections, and uh, you know, uh, with COVID and stuff. But you know what? You know, and that, well, uh, that's my second point. But let me just throw this out real quick. Uh, first is Deshaun Jackson. I think the uh, the choice between the Jets and the Dolphins Watson. is interesting because I think. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, see, now, see, now, Rick, now, Rick, I, I expect that from Fiegel's. I know, I just said it sounds like me. Because, so. because he, he still wakes up in cold sweats in the middle of the night thinking about Deshaun Jackson, so. <laughs> I'm over it, though. I'm over it now. You're over it. The, uh, the, the, the Tua, I mean, just the, for the sake of trade, the, the third pick and a Tua trade may be more uh, appealing than a uh, yeah. Sam Darnold in the second yeah, pick. That's true. Because they've got uh, – they got uh, two uh, at a much more favorable. Uh, so I, I, that, I'd be curious to see where that goes. Um, very and, uh, very yeah, possible. That, very that possible. Is, yeah, we didn't very really possible. go over yep. that scenario, mm-hmm. but that's a good one. That is yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. That's probably the scenario there. But you know what? Uh, with the Giants, okay, of the two, we, we, we could safe to say, or we, I mean, the, the offensive line we're kind of okay with right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not in the top three priorities. It's wide receiver and defensive end, right? That would you say? Throw that's... a cornerback in there, too, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cornerback, you said, right? Corner. C- yeah, a cornerback. cornerback. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's why I laughed at first. Um, okay. With that said, wide receiver, is he going to be – who do you think it's going to be? We need it big time. I think we need two. Uh, we need two big playmakers. Is it going to be a um, – uh, who do you think it will be? And um, who's most likely to come from a, 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 you know, just pick up free agent, that type of thing? Is it a wide receiver or a defensive end for the Giants going forward? Um, you guys, who, who do you like wide receiver uh, for them to pay? Who are they going to get? I mean, that's sure. what's your gut feeling. I think finding a edge rusher in this environment is going to be tough. Um, if you look at this edge class, I don't like it in the top 15 picks. I like it better. Yeah, I, don't the, I like it better in the next 30 picks. And I don't think the Giants will be able to dedicate enough capital to the position in free agency to make a meaningful impact there. So, if, if again, I hate talking about positions in certain places because you draft players, you don't draft positions. So, I'm just not – we haven't done enough work on these players yet to have an educated opinion on it. So, if I had to think about it, I would think playmaker in round one, whether that's Pitts or a wide receiver – I think you might be able to find an edge rusher in round two that you know maybe not, might not be a star but can be a good player that you can develop there. Now, it might take some time. These edge rushers don't come in are usually great their first year, but maybe you can find somebody in the second round there. And then in the free agency, I think you worry about re-signing your own guys. Correct. And then there are so many wide receivers in the league now and so many guys available 
Maybe you can find some guy on a one-year contract that's a free agent that doesn't cash in the way he wants and wants to try again next year, and you get him on a team-friendly one-year deal. Maybe that's the path you take. Yeah, the biggest yes, thing for me be- real quickly is that, you know, the, the whole free agency, pool, the pool, is you got to think about who you're going to s- try to re-sign your guys first, right? And then how much money is going to be left over from that. Now, I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to sign uh, Leonard Williams and Tomlinson before free agency because they're both going to want to test the waters, right? Unless they come and blow them out of the water somehow. Correct. So yep. you're going to know – you're going to know that pretty quickly because those two guys, if you, if you remember how free agency works, and John, you know this very well, the first 24 to 48 hours, it's over, right? I mean, because there's that, there's that tampering period that people can negotiate things before it really actually happens. So as soon as free agency starts, it, there is a, it's, it's a boom, boom, boom. Though, and maybe this year it's different, Jeff, because it there's be, not going to be but, a lot of money out there. But I think – I, but I think – I don't think it's. I think it's going to be a little bit different because of that, but I still think the timing is going to be the same. Well, do you think that's going to? Hit, I guess this is a good question to ask you. Then, the reduction in money. Do you think that's going to be reflected more in the guys at the top of the market or the guys in that second and third tier of the market? I think it's going to be in the guys in the second and third tier of the market. Be, because if a guy's a star, a team's going to figure out a He's way to pay him. He's going to get the right? money. Yeah, right. I think you're probably right about that Jeff. because I because I feel like because if they if, if they don't somebody else is gonna, so you know what I mean they got to level the playing field. So you know if I'm in the market for this guy and I want to be in the market for this guy, I, I can't just blame it on the cap. You know what I'm saying? I got to be able to say I want this guy. I'm going to pay him, and then you know I got to prioritize. So we lost Rick there, by the way. Yeah. Sorry about that. But that's a but that's kind of it's it's going to be very interesting. And again, with the COVID era and how things working, it's just it's amazing how. We talk about these these things every day. They just come up, and we're just like, wow, it's just it, it's incredible that, that we have to think of this way, but that's the way it is. It's just the way it is these days. A lot of good conversation today, Jeff, a variety of topics. Whoa, I like it. yeah, already an hour by. Wow, they just go. time flies when you're having fun, Johnny. Absolutely. So tomorrow we get the three-headed monster, Lance Dettino, and I. To quote the caller from last Friday, I get to be the man standing at the, uh, what is it, the uh, 58th parallel in Korea? What is it called? <laughs> I don't the know. The 88th parallel? I forget. <laughs> Whatever the, like, demilitarized zone parallel is in Korea, that's me standing between Meadow and Dettino as they argue about random things because both of them like to yell at each other. So sure. I, I get to do that, but more importantly, we will uh, recap everything that happened at the Senior Bowl. All the practices will be in the books by tomorrow. Then we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll and watch talk, the game this weekend. We'll talk about the game, obviously, and then we'll start digging more into the draft and for agency as we move along. Jeff, good stuff, my friend. Wonderful, John. Thank you. Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by the New York Lottery. The new X-Series of Scratch-Offs in the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. And, folks, don't forget, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all episodes of Big Blue Kickoff Live at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star positive review. And, by the way, if you have friends that are Giant fans that might enjoy the show, tell them about it. That's how the show uh, can grow, which helps all of us. We can do a lot, lot, lot more stuff if, if we get more mm-hmm. listeners. Jeff, we'll have a great weekend. Enjoy yeah, the game. Too, John. Thank and we'll you. talk to you next week. Thanks, for everybody. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. Have a great weekend, everybody, or have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live at noon on Friday. Stay safe, everyone.